0: Hi, I'm Steve Clemens, and I have a couple of questions. After a day of really unprecedented violence and chaos at the U.S. Capitol, is American democracy critically fractured? Or can it survive a White House-encouraged assault on the People's House, the United States Congress? Let's get to the bottom line. It was supposed to be a day of historic ceremony, a stylized traditional reading aloud of the Electoral College votes of each of America's states and their acceptance in a joint session of Congress. Instead, it was a day where violence and chaos was sparked by a frustrated President Trump. At least half of Americans see what he did as inciting an insurrection, an attempted coup against the election of Joe Biden by a mob of his supporters. After a night of tension between the president and his own vice president and cabinet who discussed amongst themselves the the possibility of finding Trump unfit for office and with lawmakers refusing to be intimidated and finishing their work overnight to certify the election results, Trump finally, through an aid, recognized the end of his presidency and committed to a peaceful transition to power. Today, we're going to get a Republican and a Democrat take on what just happened and we'll start with Congressman Joaquin Castro, Democrat of Texas. Congressman Castro, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Listen, I read your tweets last night, and um, you told your public that you're safe, you're sheltering in place, um, that the president of the United States had incited a coup attempt. Do you feel that way the day after?
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, I think that the president has been for weeks now, really months, um, telling his supporters that the election was stolen from him, that there was widespread election fraud without providing any evidence of that. Uh, Right-wing media has followed him down that rabbit hole. And so when they got millions of people to believe that, then those people started putting pressure on Republican and conservative politicians like Ted Cruz and Josh Howley. And then those guys, because of their own political ambitions, uh, have also uh, stoked the flames in the last few weeks. And the result is what we saw yesterday. Um, And I just it was an insurrection and a takeover literally of both chambers of the legislative branch of the United States government, the most powerful and prosperous and most stable democracy, uh, otherwise stable democracy in the world.
0: You know, last night when the process of 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 listening and, and hearing and reading the votes from each of the states went on, uh, there were objections. There were more than a hundred objections in the House of Representatives. A number of the senators who had planned to object actually withdrew those what is the what is the um, sense of the what's the mood of the room, if you will uh, with those hundred plus um, legislators last night that objected to uh, the vote counts in the house?
1: Well, I think it's just people who are denying reality, but there's a reason that they're denying reality there's they're denying reality because they're scared of of turning on or of of donald trump going after them they're scared of their primary base going after them but steve i think what's really important is that a lot of that in the house at least the culprit is gerrymandering and that these districts have been drawn in such a way they look like chicken fingers and butterflies and spaceships that a lot of these republican members and and you know and some democrats also uh, are in a place where all they have to do is satisfy a very hardcore base of people, and uh, they know that there no, there's no repercussion for them denying reality that Joe Biden won the election. And so that's why we saw, I think, so many of them. Uh, and, and some of them are true believers. Some of them, I think, like Louis Gomer and others are just true believers. Um, but I think that's what we saw last night.
0: My sense is uh, Mike Pence stood up. He did what was expected of him constitutionally uh, and split this. Is that something we should be applauding?
1: Well, I mean, uh, first of all, I'm glad that the vice president did what he did, that he followed his constitutional duties. Uh, But I'm left thinking that that's such a that's that's the bare minimum that you can expect in a democracy. Uh, That's what somebody is supposed to do. So I'm glad that he did it. I'm encouraged that that the person who's in the office of the vice president, vice presidency is following the Constitution. But it's also a very low bar for our democracy. And I think what was striking also about yesterday, you talk about uh, who's in charge of government, the decision to send out the National Guard, apparently, at least based on reporting, was not uh, done in consultation with the president of the United States. It was done at the direction of the vice president. Even though you had a sitting, fully active president of the United States, uh, the United States government basically went around Donald Trump, went around the president of the United States, And got the permission from the vice president. That to me is
0: remarkable. Uh, If the protesters had been black and brown and white and had penetrated the uh, doors of the United States Capitol, I've been in them so many times. You go through, you know, magnometers. You go through, you know, to be screened. You know. I, I, we saw this unfolding. We worried that there might be people with guns. There might be that they were not. I, I guess my question is, you know, we saw a, a crowd of, of Trump supporters, largely, uh, mostly white Americans. Um, what is your comment to, to that?
1: Uh, well, first of all, it was tragic. It, it was not only chaotic and outrageous, but it was also a tragic day. Uh, a woman lost her life who got shot. Uh, was shot and killed um, by security at the U.S. Capitol uh, you know, because she was trying to penetrate, I believe, where the senators were, perhaps it was the representatives. Uh, and then, as I understand, three other people uh, died from, for health reasons, uh, medical complications. Uh, but, you know, I can't help but all of us as Americans, we saw how protesters were treated out in the streets of, of our country and cities throughout our country and the force that was used against them and the tear gassing right away, um, you know, and compare that to what we saw yesterday. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think a reasonable, fair person could conclude that the treatment of those two groups of people, uh, the Black Lives Matter protesters and the protesters, really yesterday, people that were engaged in insurrection, uh, that they've been treated the same.
0: The Washington Post has come out its editorial board and said that the president should be removed from office immediately. Are there any credible efforts right now underway that could have bipartisan support in both chambers to remove the president of the United States immediately?
1: Well, you know, the, the challenge there is that you either impeach the president, which involves a legislative action, which I would support, even though he's only got 13 days to go, Uh, Or you're relying on the vice president and the cabinet to remove the president by the 25th Amendment, which I would also support. And I saw uh, today Adam Kinzinger, a Republican from New Jersey, has come out in support of that as well. Uh, And so there is a growing sentiment um, that the president has essentially uh, lost his faculties, uh, that he should be removed. Uh, to be honest with you, Steve, I don't know whether within 13 days that's actually going to develop into an action where he is removed. Um, you know, if this was if perhaps if this was two months ago, three months ago, I would be more confident that the answer is yes. Uh, but we've got 13 days and I'm sure there's some people that just want to wait it out.
0: Congressman Castro, yesterday we saw Josh Hawley, uh, Hawley, the senator from Missouri, walk near the protesters, his arm raised like this, go, go, go. Should there be um, consequences for Senator Hawley, for Senator Cruz, for um, egging on um, elements of this insurrection?
1: Uh, Yes, I think both of them should resign from the United States Senate. I don't believe that they deserve to represent Texas and Missouri. Uh, and we should also consider censuring them for their actions.
0: So does censorship require, uh, does it create any consequence other than a slap on the wrist? I mean, I, I hear, you know, your, your, your encouragement of them to resign, but that requires an act by themselves. What would be a consequence that does not require them to stand up uh, at this moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Senate, both of them in the United States Senate, The U.S. Senators within that body would have to take action against them, um, you know, for there to be a consequence against them. Uh, I said yesterday that on the Senate floor, they should be asked to resign by somebody else in the United States Senate. Um, And, you know, we'll see if any action is taken over there.
0: Look, you know, the international scene. Well, you're well-traveled. You're concerned about America's place in the world. Um, What do you think? We do at this moment when America has been one of the places in the world to kind of guide and tell other uh, countries how to manage their democracies. Gene Shaheen last night was talking about trying to encourage uh, the former president of Georgia to step down at the end of his term, along with Senator Jim Risch. It was a bipartisan effort saying, you know, the peaceful transfer of power is part of democracies. What story does America have to tell now?
1: That's a great question, and to be honest with you, I think it's going to take us some time to repair this. I think the country, the the world, uh, looked at America yesterday and saw what they usually see when we look over at faraway places and see people storming government buildings and wonder why these people can't get their act together and why there's such social disorder and wonder how the rule of law has broken down. And you're right, America does lead by example in many ways. And so the first thing is, we've got to make sure that we have a smooth inauguration on January 20th, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are inaugurated, uh, and we have a president who can lead us out of this darkness and make us a leader among nations again.
0: I need to ask you an unfair question. Um, You are very close to someone who might have uh, led the, the Democratic ticket, your own brother, twin brother, Julian Castro. I've been thinking about, it. if I were in that role, if I were advising someone on how do you push reset for a nation as deeply fractured and fragmented as it seems to be right now? Uh, if, if your brother was out there, and you know, Joe Biden is there now, and Kamala Harris, and you know them both well, what do you advise them to do in terms of bringing the country together and pushing you know, the proverbial reset button?
1: That is a great question. And it's a, it's a mountainous question at this point. Um, I think that first we need everybody to advocate for peace, whatever their politics are, for calm. Uh, We need to get back to respecting the rule of law. And then Joe Biden has indicated that he's willing to work with Republicans on different issues where Democrats and Republicans can find common ground. Uh, You know, and you're gonna see him pursue that. Uh, he He has started also by appointing very experienced and reasonable people to the cabinet. Uh, and so he's appointing a professional government uh, who's, mm. who who is is gonna work across the aisle where they can. Now, you know, we're gonna have as Democrats that the presidency, the Senate and the House. So we intend to pursue very important issues to the American people that we've been working on for a long time. Uh, but you will see the president reach across the aisle and at least consult with Republicans on these issues. Uh, and I think that will be a good start in terms of how we convince the world we can be a North Star again. Uh, I think it's gonna take time. I think we've gotta go out into the world, not just the president and his administration, but also the legislators, uh, and convince our allies that we're back and that we intend to build back better, as Joe Biden has said, and be a leader on democracy, freedom, human rights, rooting out corruption, all of these things.
0: Well, Congressman Castro, it was a tense day, a tense night. Uh, I appreciate your tweets. Uh, uh, As I was reading them last night, I can't imagine the stress um, that you felt, you know, and I know many other members actually felt their lives were threatened uh, yesterday evening. So it was impressive that you all went back to work again. So thank you so much for your um, thoughtful conversation, your candid comments today. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Joining me now is Republican strategist John Feary, a partner in the Republican lobbying group EFB Advocacy here in Washington, D.C. John, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I was watching and reading your tweets um, yesterday evening, and I want to read one of them. You said, as somebody who worked in the people's house for 15 years, I'm disgusted at what the president had inspired. He has lied to these people and has embarrassed America. I have supported him in the past, but he lost in a fair election. He needs to leave So, John. You're one of the most hardcore, serious Republicans I know who takes all of this seriously. You do not. uh, I, I wouldn't put you in the pragmatic middle. You're a hardcore conservative. You've supported President Trump. What is going on in your mind after what happened and we saw last night?
2: Well, listen. I I uh, have someone who has worked in Washington for thirty years, uh, fifteen years uh, at the top levels of the House Republican leadership. I worked for fifteen years in the nation's capital, so you know I appreciate the the, the desire for people to come in and take a look around and watch the capital and see how it operates. But this is the people's house, and for it to operate, the people have to respect. What's going on in there, respect the process and respect respect the the politicians who are doing their jobs and what I saw yesterday was a complete lack of regard for the people's house by the people, and I find that extremely troubling and I think that was inspired by the president who I have supported uh, you know I have my fair share of disagreements with him uh, and I have in the past, uh, but I think he was doing a lot of right things for America. I think he what he did best for America was listen to the angst in the center of the country where people had not had jobs, where things had been hollowed out, where you had the opioid crisis, you had the financial crisis, where you had all these things. And he spoke directly to them. But, you know, he's lying to them now. And he's lying to them. He lost fair and square in this election, just as he won fair and square four years ago. I was against conspiracy theories by the Democrats four years ago. I'm against these conspiracy theories. Now, now there are a lot of questions about this. It was a very odd election. It was a very odd election on many, many levels. You know, you, you don't typically have a president, you know, gaining 10 million more votes and having Republicans gain, you know, so many more seats and almost win the majority in the house and have the president also lose. So it was a, it was an odd election for a variety of reasons, but it's been an odd year. It's been an odd year because of this COVID crisis. It's been an odd year because of George Floyd. It's been an odd year because people are really, really angry and frustrated and, and cooped up in their homes, and they don't believe anything anymore. And when they come to the people's house and disrespect the traditions of, 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 and disrespect the politicians and disrespect the process, they're disrespecting America. And I think that that's why the president deserves condemnation for leading that disrespect, and I, that's why I spoke out.
0: What should the consequences be, John, um, for a White House uh, promoted assault on the people's house? What, I mean, I I think we're we're, we're right now in the aftermath of that. And I can't tell whether uh, we're in 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 a less toxic moment or whether the toxicity is remaining very strong, but what should be the consequences for an assault
2: well, first of all, I think that the people who uh, came into the house and destroyed property and it uh, should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. I think that that's the number one thing. And I think that there's a lot of questions as, as to why uh, the security apparatus fell apart as quickly as it did. I, I, I'm still stunned by it. You know, I remember those those riots that happened in front of the White House and those those folks weren't going to get into the White House. I don't know why... Though those folks were able to get into the people 's house and I thought i 'm very frustrated by that. I think that you know the president has really disqualified himself from running again for president uh, now i I am not someone that necessarily thinks you you need to take uh, legal action right now because I think that that um, will actually make the situation worse. I mean Trump still has a lot of supporters out there, and, and what you want to do is you want to move forward um, and so I think you need to prosecute the people who, who broke the law. You know, Trump, um, I, there's been some talk about removing him from office. My sense is what's going to happen is that uh, the vice president is already going to pretty much take over the day-to-day operations uh, de facto, if not de jure. Uh, I don't think anyone's listening to the president right anymore. And I think a lot of people in the White House apparatus are trying to find ways to get out of there or express their disgust, and I, I think that's altogether appropriate. I would um, be very careful, though, in having kind of any legal repercussions, because I think that actually will make uh, the cleavages in the country even worse. We need to move on and find ways to heal the country. Uh, We need to prosecute those people who directly um, broke the law. Uh, I'm very hesitant, though, to the idea of throwing the president into jail or anything like that. I mean, what he did was reprehensible and incredibly stupid. Uh, now I don't, you know, it's like you give a a, a three year old, you know, a, a lighter and put him right next to a, a flammable material. This is what happened. Right. He, he, I don't even know if he knows what he was doing. Um, right. You know, he said he was going to lead these people down the march, and he goes into his motorcade and goes back to the White House and watches it on TV. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? I mean, this is this is the thing. You know, and the thing that's frustrating for me is I've been supportive of this president because I think he won the election fair and square, and he was representing. A group of people I care very, care very, very much about, which is the, the forgotten Americans who feel like uh, they, they are not uh, getting what they want out of the representative democracy. And I think he spoke to them, but now he's betrayed them. And, and in a way that is just not what America is all about. Uh, right. And I, I, I condemn what he said and has done in no uncertain terms. Uh, but I, I'd be very careful about making the situation worse.
0: Uh, When you look at Josh Hawley walking along, Senator Josh Hawley walking along and giving, you know, a big, hey, go, go, go get him uh, to the protesters around the Senate versus other Republican senators last night being applauded on the floor by Democrats and Republicans for saying we have to stop this divide. How where does the Republican Party go? Does it expel QAnon types? Does it keep them in the tent? What's the I mean, you are part of the architecture of Republicanism. Are, are you worried about the health of the party? Can, can the good parts of the party reclaim it?
2: Well, listen, I think the, the, the party exists not necessarily because of the leaders, but because of the followers. Um, and so it's, you know, you have to be very careful uh, to, to kind of lead a party in a place where the followers are not gonna go. I do think that there needs to be uh, better communication, uh, a little bit more straight talk with, with uh, our, our voters. I think we need to do a better job of batting down conspiracy theories, which infect both sides. You know, I've you know, there's been conspiracy theories running around America for generations, you know, JFK being a perfect example of that. Uh, but, you know, we are kind of in this point now where conspiracy theories are completely paralyzing our ability to govern and, and work in a democracy. And I think that that is something that the Republicans need to confront head on. Um, I, I think that, you know, one of the, Trump has been very, very good at establishing a sense of outsiderness and the idea that the political establishment needs to be blown up. Uh, He's leaving the stage now and he's not going to be coming back. So I think this gives the Republicans an opportunity to go back to what their core principles are, but understanding that they have to speak to those those populists out there who are not necessarily in favor of globalization, are not necessarily in favor of giving all their money to the C-suite, and, and, you know, not really all that happy with corporate America is is doing so much better than the small businesses of this country. So I think that there's a there's a big discussion that has to happen. That discussion ha- happens every t- time that uh, Republicans lose an election. And I think it's important to have that 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 election, that that discussion. Now, that being said, I don't think that this is going to cause irreparable damage to the party. Um, I think the party has changed. and I think Trump has changed it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Trump is going to continue to lead the party. And right now, I think he's completely disqualified himself from doing that.
0: Let me just ask, just real quickly, as we as we wrap up, John, you talk about the American who's been left behind, who's been demeaned. I remember uh, interviewing Joe Biden, who had said his party had become a party of snobs, uh, and you know he said that in 2016. Do you think there's an opportunity where Joe Biden can talk to those Americans that 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 you're worried about, that there can be a reset? in this country. It may not be kumbaya, but at least get everybody to realize we're on the same boat.
2: Well, I think that's one of Joe Biden's, you know, greatest strengths is he, he speaks directly to those people. Uh, he has throughout uh, his political career. That's why President Obama put him on the ticket for, for eight years. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I think that the question is, can he do more than speak to those people can they actually do something for him, them and uh you know i, I think that remains to be seen i think he's right the, the democratic party has turned into an elite party the republican party is becoming a working class party and the challenge mm-hmm. for the republicans is to expand the base from white working class to all working class and you mm-hmm. saw some examples of that not only with president trump doing better but also with different folks who uh f- from a wide variety of backgrounds who won uh, as a Republican. So listen, I think Biden can speak to it, but will he be able to do anything because his party has become very elitist and very corporate. Um, I think that the, 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 the Republican challenge is to establish itself as the working class party.
0: Well, John Feary, a Republican political strategist and advisor, really grateful to you for your candid thoughts today at this important time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dave. So what's the bottom line? This week's events in Washington should have been expected. They're the result of years of President Trump accusing his rivals of cheating, of labeling the entire voting system as fraudulent, of demeaning people who don't align with him, of bullying, name-calling, and making everything about himself. His claims of voting fraud have been baseless, thrown out by court after court, by judges appointed by President Trump. Now he's become America's main purveyor of conspiracy theories, and many of his followers believe they're true. He told them to go out and stop the steal of his election. And that is why they went to the United States Capitol to do that. Whether he admits it or not, Trump crafted this physical and violent assault on American democracy. But despite all of Trump's efforts, America is still a country of institutions. The chambers of Congress were damaged and a lot of congressional members had their offices ransacked. But they went back and they did their job. Vice President Mike Pence did his constitutional duty, infuriating his boss, and Americans watched as Democrats and Republicans applauded each other as they stood together against those who tried to stop the count. January 6th will go down in history, possibly as the day that Americans began to realize how fragile their democracy can be. And that's The Bottom Line.